Welcome to episode 112 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast, the spoiler cast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan McGuinness, and joining me on my midnight meet train is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Sup? Yes, look, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every fortnight, um, Jennifer and I set us as a horror movie to watch, and we go through it, you know, nitpick the shit out of it, spoil the fuck ever out of it, and by the end of it, you would have watched it. Yeah. Kind of. It's a deep dive into glorious gore, hard edits, cheesy acting, directing madness, severed wings, and compound fractures. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster membership cards. <laughs> Which I saw your lady found the other day, her one. Yes, she did. I look forward to finding mine because mine's the actual piece of cardboard laminated, not these fancy like made ones, but yeah. Oh, uh, the blue Still ones. Still pretty cool. Yeah, the Lamos. Yeah. Uh, we have a rating system, so you can work out what you're doing. Don't we, Jen? Yeah. Not left with your severed dick in your hands. No, I forgot to say that line. <laughs> you did. This is maybe my worst opening yet. No, no, it's fine. Oh, it's I've all... done worse, you reckon? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so we have A, awesome, everybody should watch. B is our beer and chicken wing group movie where high fives thrive. F is fun and dumb trash pile. C's classic that's worth a watch. U, underrated. O, an overrated motherfucker. G, good for its time but is not held up. We've got the J, Jen special, a D-grade movie only I would like. The D, Dan special, a movie with lots of practical effects, dismemberment, and of course, dicks. Uh, we've got the W, whatever, waste of my time. The Kesha, a low-budget hot mess. The C minus, craft is stellar, but I hate the content. And of course, we have the McConaughey, the fucking fucked. Mm. We watched it. You don't have to. Indeed, McConaughey. Um, this week we watched on your choosing. It was my choosing. Uh, Jennifer's choosing. Uh, the Omen from 1976. Now, I'd always avoided this movie because it just looked boring. Mm. As a kid, as a child, I looked at it and went Oh, like, no, of course. Like, oh, there's no monsters on the cover. Uh, you know, like it was one of those ones where it was more like, and you know what? If I had watched this film when I was younger, I wouldn't have liked it. I Look, I watched this film when I was younger and I didn't appreciate it for what it was. And I think I've seen it pe- like sporadically over the last few years. But it was nice to be able to sit down and have a proper revisit. Mm. Um, so, yes, The Omen, 1976, directed by Richard Donner, who also directed The Goonies. Ooh. So, that is a pretty big uh, contrast in filmmaking right there. Uh, screen, screenplay by David Seltzer. It stars Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, David Warner. When when uh, I said I was watching this to my dad, he's like, oh, Gregory Peck? Yes. And, like, and it's exactly what I said to you when we sat down for lunch the other day. I'm like, yeah, but Gregory Peck. I'm and like, I was like... That means nothing to me. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Uh, the budget was $2.8 million. That's heaps for back then, I reckon. It is. It is definitely a lot. And the box office return for US and Canada alone was $60.8 million. Wow, that is a... Uh, that is a success if I've ever seen one. If you, if you use the fear of religion, you'll make money. Exactly. Isn't that exactly. all religions do anyway? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I can't remember if this is a Warner... A Warner film, but I don't know if you realize that a lot of Warner Brothers movies, like The Exorcist, and now just generally the latest Conjuring series, they're all religious. They're based. all very religious based. It started out being very like in your face, then it became very underhanded, and well, now they get into the point where they're just like religion. Well, it's funny because like lots of horror movies have religion in them, mm-hmm. but I find it like laughable in the fact that I'm like, well, horror movies aren't real. 
So what are you trying to do? Convince me that religion's real through a horror film? Which, yeah. like, I don't think any of it's real. <laughs> so, like, to me, I don't mind religion in horror films yep. because it's stupid. <laughs> like, horror films, are like, you know, when you stand back and look at them, they're pretty stupid. You know what I mean? But I love them. Yes. You love them. I but, love them. And the fact that you're putting them in, like, make, like, you're kind of saying, oh, look, this isn't real either. Because, like, the other half of the horror isn't real either. So, yeah. like... Well, that's why a lot of these, especially, like, a lot of these films, like The Omen, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, they're, they're still trying to not convince people that they're horror films. They're still trying to hide the fact... No, this is just a movie. This is a warning this of is... what's to come. Yeah. As I was saying, with this film in 1976, like, it just would have solidified the religion to people. Like, oh, my God, this is what's going to happen. They're almost like propaganda films. Yeah, very much so. You know, it, it sort of pushes people to be better and go to church or whatever. Anyway, it it it's... It is the greatest mystery of all because no human being will ever solve it. That's a weird... That um, is a weird tagline. Tagline, considering the whole thing is about solving it. (laughs) Like, what, the mystery? Yeah, so immediately after their miscarriage, the US diplomat Robert Thorne adopts the newborn Damien without the knowledge of his wife. Yet what he doesn't know is that their new son is the son of the devil. Well, no reason to watch this film anymore. Well, now you know. Yeah, like, that's a bit of a giveaway. That's like, um, if we were going to do a Sixth Sense one, is like, Bruce Willis goes to visit a child and finds out that he's a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, I'd watch that. I wonder what the twist's going to be. Anyhow, (laughs) this film opens with heavy gothic tunes. Like, yep. you, you know what kind of heavy gothic tunes. Yep. We've all seen them parodied in South Park when they have the Damien character in it. <laughs> um, with a picture, like, basically it's like the cover of one of the covers of the of the VHS or the poster of the movie is just a yes. still shot to the credits coming up. Yeah, pretty much. The picture of, like, the boy and his, his silhou- silhouette of a boy and his shadow isn't like an upside down cross. I've also seen it as, like, a, a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, he shadows like a beast yep. and stuff like that. Um, yep. uh, and and straight away, you get the vibe like, this shit's serious. Yes, this is it? a serious film. This is not a silly horror film. This is this is serious stuff. Hmm. Um, so we cut to Rome, the 6th of the 6th. I didn't um, even catch that subtitle. I didn't even know where they were. I got so confused in this film <laughs> because they just... They travel a lot. They do. They're, they're suddenly in, in a Rome. very short amount in, of time. And then at the start, he's like, I'm going to be the ambassador to Britain. I'm like, aren't you in Britain? Are you American? Like, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, anyhow. Yeah, they don't really tell us. So, yeah, it is. They, they are in Rome. It is the 6th of June, um, driving through heavy traffic. Um, <clears throat> someone said something and I didn't fucking hear it because I'm deaf. Um, and then he, they arrive and he runs out of the car. This tall, dark, we have to explain, he's tall, dark, handsome, silver fox man. He's Gregory Peck. He's Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Robert, as he's called in this. I just call him Thorn because it's so much better than Robert. Nah, Thorn is like the name of the dog in the Lost Boys. Thorn is like the cult from Halloween. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. Um, so he he arrives, it's clearly a hospital, and he receives bad news from a priest, um, his wife, who had gone into labour, has unfortunately miscarried and lost the child. But let me just stop you there. This, like, they didn't, they went a real way about way of saying this. I had to rewind a couple of times because, like, these these heavily dark men are really mumbling in these scenes. And I was like, yeah. what are they talking about? And they kind of talked in almost 
biblical senses how they were talking. They just weren't getting to the point. Yeah. And it took me ages to realise, oh, he's had a baby and the baby has died. Yes. Yeah. And so I was it was like, either the baby died or the wife died or both of them And the mother died. doesn't know. Yes. Yeah. So she hasn't been told yet. So, but, you like, know. We're getting these like overlaid heavy biblical thoughts by Robert Thorne as well. Exactly. Um, so, you know, look. The priest starts to explain, basically he runs, he's like, look, there's another baby here. Like the mother died, you know, it, it born in the same moment. And as, you know, it maybe, you know, your wife doesn't need yeah, that was to the know line. about this. He's like, because I've written down a couple of lines, your wife needn't ever know. And I'm like, that's going to work out fine what? for your mate. Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, tell your wife that she, she had a, a, a still uh, you know, yeah, she, her she baby looked... died in childbirth. Like, Yeah, but here's another one. Here's one that we prepared earlier. Mm. It's, yeah, I don't know. That's a bit weird. Um, but, of course, Thorne brings the baby to his wife and uh, they pretend like nothing has ever happened. You know. And clearly when they show the baby, that ain't no newborn baby. No, it's, it's like a one-year-old. It's got like a full a large, head of hair. Uh, like I don't know. My I've got some nieces that were born with. Full, yeah, but like with a big. It, it, <laughs> it had an afro. Yeah. It's like down to his knees. It's fine. I was just like, if I was the mum, I'm like, that's not what I pushed out of me. <laughs> um, you know, we cut to Robert giving his baby. They're giving the baby to his wife, Catherine or Kathy. I never called her name. Kathy, Catherine. I called her Catherine. Yeah. I looked it up because I wanted to have a name to her. Because I think he called her Kitty a few times. Or mother. Yeah, yeah Kitty. I just referred to her as the mother. It's Kitty, Kathy, or Catherine, or yeah. mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's still in hospital. Everything seems fine. And then, bang, title card. Three years have passed. Oh, I didn't even see the title card because he's like, he arrives home and he's super excited. And it's like this big home. And Damien yeah, is clearly like three or four years old by now. And he's like, I'm the new ambassador of Britain. Pack your things. We're moving. Yeah, yeah. So these are the one percenters, which is really weird like, to try and like get compassion with these people because they're so rich. Yeah. And like they mentioned that like. Uh, well, that's the thing. You're so rich that people will just give you babies. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's the. And then they, yeah, he goes like, yeah, I got a job. I'm the new ambassador to Great Britain. I'm like, are you in Great Britain? Where are you? You're in Rome. <laughs> You're in Rome, You're but in Rome. it doesn't look like Rome. Anyway, I, I was like, anyway, Catherine, she's stoked. She gets sick. We got the job. Let's go. Let's move. Blah, blah, blah. Suddenly they're in the biggest house in history and we assume that now they're in Britain. Yeah. So they're basically, we cut to this giant, it's basically a Gothic manor is what it is. Um, and they're in Britain, it's their new home, and they're sort of having a wander around the rooms, yeah. and we find the day room, which is basically a man's library. That's what, it, yeah, it's she's... the room where you put all your books and you have Bigger your... Bigger than my shop. Yeah, right? And it's basically where a man sits and does man things. He drinks brandy. Yeah, brandy and smokes cigars. Um, and just and there's like talk the like of how Robert, Thor- Robert Thorne is like best mates with the president. And he's like maybe in line to be America's next president. I'm like, that's not how politics works. <laughs> not, you know, yeah. just have your mate and go, you know what? My mate's pretty good. And I'm like the ambassador to Britain isn't the next line of, uh, isn't president no. material. Maybe the vice president. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I, th- that's what I found about this film is the person who made this film well, uh, clearly doesn't know how politics works. No. 
And like, as a person who doesn't isn't that much into politics, I still know that's not how it works. <laughs> like, you don't just like get recommended by your mate. Yeah, it's true. But you know, they they have a lovely walk around the house. We see Damien outside with the nanny. Danny's now like, happy. He's like three. He's, yes, he's three. running around. You know, he's happy. So you know. Old Thorny closes the blinds. They have a bit of a make-out. And then we move into this montage. It's yeah, like so time. This, this is a very happy family. Like, they, You know, they're walking around the manor. They're walking at sunset through the fields because they have rolling fields and creeks and what whatnot. Um, and, you know, then he decides to tell her that, sorry, we, love, I've got to go away for work. So we got that. And we also get like this weird kind of montage of photos. Yeah. Of like them as doing family things, like, and it goes for ages. It really does. So, like, I'm mean, the countryside. So does this movie, by the way. I know, it's like two hours. <laughs> um, yeah, that that no, no. Then we cut to like Damien's fifth birthday after that. Yes, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So now it's two years later after the photo montage. So that was two years worth of their life. We were supposed to. Sh- it was supposed to show. Yeah. And we're like, okay, cool. So it's Damien's fifth birthday. They have one of those weird, rich birthdays on the Yeah, front. it's like a massive event. They've got like a merry-go-round, uh, you know, like there's catering, there's like... It's um, like a mini carnival. Yeah. There are clowns, everyone's there's there, like there's tents, photographers. There's food tents, there's, photog- there's media and paparazzi because, you know, word's gotten out that he might be the next top president model. <laughs> <laughs> he would be, he'd succeed. Um, so the, the mum sort of realizes that, I don't even know why she sort of got funny about this, but she saw the nanny and Damien together and she just sort of got a bit funny about it. And she went over. Well, she saw the the nanny being like doing her job a bit too much as in like being the mother, I thought. And she was like, oh, maybe I should be the mother role at this birthday in front of the press. That's what I kind of got out of it. Yeah, right. I didn't even pick that up. But yes, yeah, she she basically takes Damien from the nanny and she wanders off. Um, she spots uh, just off in the distance a Rottweiler, a big scary old Rottweiler who <laughs> is staring deep into her soul. Yeah, and so whenever a dog in this film looks at someone, we get like that sound, like in do you remember in Kill Bill when something triggers her? <laughs> yeah, yeah that. <laughs> So whenever you can imagine every time there's a Rottweiler looking yeah. at someone, there's that sound. I'm just going to imagine that from now on. Yeah, well, that's what happens in it. Yeah, like, no, that's essentially what it is. And, uh, it, uh, and then that, that scene passes and you're like, weird dog. Yeah, there's Mind a Mind control dog. dog. Yeah, crazy. And, you know, the party's still going on. Everyone's happy. Photographers are taking photos. It's all just, you know, just a very lovely day out in the manor. There's like 200 people at this party as well for a fifth birthday. And then we hear someone calling out. Damien, Damien. And, you know, people are looking around. They're like, where is this person? And then and they look at me, Damien. They see they see Polly, the nanny, up on the very top floor of the manor. Of their, like, six-story manor. She's, she's got a rope around her neck. She's standing on the balcony. And she basically. No, she, and she, goes, she yells out, look at me, Damien. This, it's all for you. And I was like, what a line. And jumps. And, and she basically, like. We get a wide we shot. We get a be- beautiful shot of this. Like she jumps, it snap, the rope snaps, and she just goes. Doesn't snap it, like yeah, it, tightens. Like it, yeah, and she just goes straight through the window. Yeah, because it kind of like I don't know if they knew that was going to happen. I think there's a lot of little things. Yeah, because like her body goes down and, and the rope tightens and it flings her backwards into the wall and it smashes the cadaver. Yeah. Or the thing through the window and out, and I was like, 
That's good. That looks great. And then we get like this moment of like a, at least a couple of seconds, like 10, 20 seconds of just nothing but silence and a stunned I, I, um, I yelled crowd. out like, Jesus Christ, when I saw that. That actually <laughs> affected me. I was like, that's horrible because I thought about it's in Because you just see shots and shots, silent shots of kids looking at it. Yeah. Like silently just watching it and everyone just looking. And and you're like, imagine you were the kid at that, like, even if you have nothing to do with like Damien, you're at that thing, you got traumatized. This is just a, this is a moment of sheer trauma before the shock sort of moves past you and you go into, holy fucking shit, we need to leave. And I just wrote, party's over. Party is over. (laughs) Uh, one of the photographers that is there, he starts like frantically snapping pictures. Um, there's chaos. Everyone's trying to run, leave, get off. And then it's just Damien being held by his mother who's looking on in absolute terror. And Damien spots the Rottweiler off. He locks distance. eyes. He locks eyes. And, and we get that Kill Bill <laughs> sound. And he's like, waves and he's like, hey, mate. Hey, buddy. I know you. It's pretty much the only thing. He does in this film. So, so the we, party's over. Party is over. We cut to the very next day. Thorne arrives at work and is immediately bombarded by the press. They're, like, asking all these questions. Like, was she on drugs? What was happening? Like, you know, what what's going on here? Like, what can you tell us? And he's like, I have no what idea. What can you say as a, as, a, as a friend of the president and maybe going to be president <laughs> because of that reason? What would the president say about this? I don't fucking know. Of course, he knocks past one of the photographers who is the exact same photographer from the party. Um, he knocks him over, breaks his camera, and he's like, oh, dear gosh, I'm so sorry. But the photographer's like, no, no, don't pay me. You can owe me. You never want to hear those words from him. So this dude was a bad guy. In the end, he's cool. He's cute. Um, anyhow, uh, Robert gets, he goes to his office, his corner office, and uh, he gets a uh, a visit from a priest. Yes. Who is a fucking textbook doomsayer. He is, and he is like, he looks like he's on meth. This dude has got, he has a... Thick, dark hair, and like, so he looks, he looks very priest-like. I was like, have I seen this guy as a priest somewhere else? In every film in the 70s, he plays the priest. Oh, really? No. no. <laughs> Anyhow, he comes in, he's like, your fucking son's fucked the devil, blah, blah, blah. He basically just lays out. Yeah, like, what- we don't have much time, you must accept Christ, or you won't be able to defeat the son of the devil, you know. Um, but he like, basically, what? but uh, the thing is, why he he does it typical doomsday way. He does it all in like riddles and shit. He just doesn't go, dude. Yeah, I'm a priest. We've been looking into this shit. We've worked out through evidence that your son may be the antichrist. Yeah. Instead, he's like, you need to eat the flesh of God every morning. You need to do this and like, and dude, I, even I would be like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yes, he's crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, he calls um, security and uh, doesn't and the like, and like security comes in and then. He goes, I think his last line is like, I saw the mother of, of your child and she's a cunt. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah, but as he says cunt, it cuts like, so it just doesn't quite get him out. Exodus was tough enough to put the, the C word in there, but yeah. Yeah, right. And okay. I thought it was real funny, like, she's a cunt. Right. Because, like, yeah, every time I watch anything not on. I think it was cunt. I don't know. I was waiting for it. I'm like, the devil? The devil's mistress? What? Because I can't hear so good. So As if I'm he- not watching a film with headphones on or subtitles, I don't know what's being said half the time. Yeah. So he was alluring to Damien's real mother. Yeah. And yeah. Security takes him away, escorts him out of the business. And of course, the photographer outside decides, I'm going to snap a quick pic. So he calls out to the priest, snaps a couple of photos, and then we cut to him in his dark room. 
developing this shit up. He sees a weird little line, like on his photo, like of the Damn. priest, like that. Fuck, man, there's like a line going through like my camera. It must have got like a exposure or something. Or yeah, or uh, like a when it was loading in, scratching on. Anyway, he's doing that, that and I, straight key. away I'm like, that ain't no line. Mm, there's a reason that's for a this. Foreshadow. And but I didn't know what it was at the start. I was like, is it? Is he a bad guy, the priest? I think they tried to make him look kind of a bad guy. Everybody's a suspect. Yeah. Everybody could be the devil. We cut back to the house. Um, one of the housekeepers announces to Thorny and the wife that their Miss Mrs. Baylock is here. I just called her the new nanny. The new governess has arrived, and she is fucking terrifying. She is one scary looking lady. Yeah, she's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of like. Yeah, she almost in, has the nurse ratchet vibe. Yeah, nurse ratchet vibe. Um, and then they realize. You know, Robert goes to, oh, Robert Thorny goes to Catherine. Oh, good on, she's pretty good. Good on hiring her. She goes, I didn't hire her. I thought you hired her. And I'm like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but That's neither it. of them really take that any seriously. They well, they, they go like, They run down and they approach her and she's like, oh, the agency just read in the paper and they sent me. Here is my references. And they're it's, like, it was supposed to be the agency of sense. the last lady. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Nanny goes to see Damien and she's like, is he in bed? Well, he's just playing on the floor. He's just playing. She goes out to him, and at this point, you're like, oh, there's something fucking wrong with her. Yeah. And she's like, have no fear, little one. I'm here to protect thee. And I was like, oh, she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you so, know, she gives a little smile. It's it's all a bit weird. She knows what's going it's on. Creepy. See, this is what's wrong with religion. Religion sends crazy pastor to this guy, and he's a babbling fool or reciting like Bible passages makes no sense. The devil just fucking pinpoints a person that can get close to Damien and goes, "Look after him." Like, yep. See, this is they, exactly why. That's why they don't. That's why that you don't win fucking religion. No, no, no. You got to do it properly. So we cut to maybe a couple of days later or whatnot. It, it is a morning and... They're going uh, to a wedding. Thorn is in some formal wear. She looks amazing in her, like, caftan with her little head scarf. Catherine. Yeah, yeah, Catherine. She's looking great. You know, they're going to a wedding. We don't know who. It doesn't really fucking matter. No, well, Miss Baylock has decided that Damien won't be attending this wedding and she has a bit of a bit of a Barney with Catherine who is like, no, no, like, this is my son. I want him here at this thing. I'd fire her on the spot, eh? I'd be like, no, 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 no. You work for me. Yeah, yeah. You do what... And she basically, she does. She she pulls rank. She puts her big boy pants on. She's like, no, go get him ready. You've got five minutes. Yep. And they're driving to the... uh, 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 Robert and Catherine and Damien, they're driving to this wedding and stuff. They're all jazzed up. They get closer to the wedding. Damien sees the church in the distance. He's like, like he looks look. so creepy in this. He's like, like he's all bug eyed and just oh, like fear. Yeah, it's supposed to be fear. Off, so, yeah, and they're like, he's... whoa, he's fu-. and then the mum's like, what? What's wrong, Damien? You're shaking. And then the closer they get to the church, he basically has like a child like tantrum, which yeah. turns into more of a fit. He attacks bloody. He doesn't attack. He like kind of. Thrashes his arms around, yeah. hits mum in the punches. face. Pulls, he, yeah, throws some fucking some swingers out, some haymakers. And you know, they jump back in the car and like, you know. They shut the door. Like, and fuck, we've got to get out of here. Our son's having like, like okay. some sort of fit or whatever. And we're all done. He keeps sta- We see his like gaze staring at the crucifix on the church. And you're like, man, he can't even go to a church. You're not a very good antichrist. <laughs> um, anyhow. Yeah. Robert's, uh, uh, he's perplexed that Damien has never been sick before once they get home. Yeah. 
So that he, like at this point, Robert is starting to get sus on his son very lightly, and he's like, "It's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, he's never been sick a day in his life. Never broken e- a bone. Never it's broken a bone. A bit peculiar. Like not even a cold. And I'm, like, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good. I thought that was a really good line. Yeah. And like just the idea that becoming sus on your kid because they've never been sick, and I'm like, that is a weird thing. Because like you, in the back of your head, you'd be like, I have to dismiss this. This is stupid. Mm. Just got a fucking cool kid. Well, of course, uh, Catherine, she kind of tends, she, you know, she doesn't really want to have the conversation. She brushes the whole thing under the rug and she kind of just basically goes to bed. He's very suspicious, but we don't get a sense that anything's wrong with her. She just seems to think that it's just, it's just child, childhood fears. It's nothing to worry about. Um, so as the lights go out, um, Thorn, he's, he goes for a walk throughout the house. I think he's going to go get a drink or something. Um, he runs into this fucking Rottweiler. The same one with his... Outside of Damien's room. Inside his fucking house. Inside his house. Mrs. Bailey... growling at him as well, like yeah, protecting he's like growl. Like that, protecting what, the door. Curling the lip. Yeah. Ooh. Fuck Rottweilers, man. Rottweilers terrify me. Mostly because one almost took a chunk out of my ass once, but... Yeah, um, Mrs. Baylor, I just don't find them good-looking dogs. They're I very think, cute puppies, but yeah, they are. Well, it's like change. Dobermans. They've got this really bad rap of being like protection. I think dogs. Dobermans look nice when they're older, though. They're very slick, yeah. and they. I think Rottweilers just look like messy when they get older. They get like kind of droopy mouth, and they're gross. But might just me the thing like I'd like we 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 grew up. I don't think I'm not a undogman. Mm. Like we grew up with uh, bull terriers our whole lives yep. in my family. Like, so I'm not like scared of. Scared, I'm not scared of like dogs have bad reps, but I just don't like the look of Rottweilers. I just think yeah, they look fair. like the potatoes of dogs. <laughs> well, Spuds McKenzie is the potato of dogs. Oh, no, so. and he's a Rottweiler. I mean, he's a, he's a buddy. He's a good dog. Yeah. No, Rot- Rottweilers terrify me. So this one was a... It's growling at him. Yeah. Mrs. Baylock comes out of the room and she basically explains, oh, we found him outside. Like, Damien loves him. We've had, like, there was an instant Damien connection. loves him. I mean, I don't give a fuck what Damien yeah. Don't bring a rabid Again, dog into my house. This five-year-old child does not call the shots. Oh, this fucking kid. Um, so, basically, she's like, look, it's a good watchdog. It's, you know, and Thorne's just like, no. If we, I want a dog. If I a- want a dog, I will buy a dog for the house. You will call the RSPCA in the morning and, and collect the dog. Fuck that dog off. Well... And we catch a mum and Damien, and they're going to the animal park. This is the next day. They're driving to, like, what I could only assume is a very cruel establishment. It is. It's Windsor Safari Park. I guess it's a zoo for rich people. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it exists because they didn't make it for this film. It's just like an open open zoo, you know, no cage which is probably fine, actually, now I think about it. Probably, but, it didn't, yeah, I don't know. It just seems a bit And you weird. drive your car through it kind of thing, yeah. like a car so, safari you know, in some parts. They're out for a nice little mummy antichrist day. It's going to be just a sweet, nice day. And, of course, um, Damien gets his little snack and he goes off running in his little suit and he's it's freaking adorable. And he runs up and he's eating his little chalky bar, at, looking at the giraffes. And then we get that, like, that choir music, the, you know, the standard... That Damien Denominos. (laughs) And uh, he's looking at the giraffes and they get real spooked real quick and they just fucking bolt. Yeah, they know what's up. They're like, fuck that kid. He's the Antichrist. (laughs) I got a long neck. I need to protect it. They run yep. off. And, they do. Um, it doesn't, I think the mum kind of sees that and goes, oh, when do I run off? She's like, oh, that's not right. You know, must be a bad day. And then we cut back to Robert. He's coming home from work. You know, he's in his car, in his chauffeured car, 
He looks at the road. He sees outside of his house the crazy priest, which mm. I've named crazy priest. That's fine. Uh, hanging outside of his house, and he's like, "Hmm, crazy priest." Interesting. <laughs> I'm Robert. not going to turn around. He's got a really voice like this, Robert. Yeah. The, oh, peck. Yeah. Um, anyhow, we cut back to the animal park. They're driving now in the driving part where you're in your car and you go through the establishment yep. looking at the animals in their native environment of England. Yeah, <laughs> like, They're in the baboon enclosure. Man, these, this was a good scene. It was. They have like 200 baboons in this thing. They're fucking aggressive. One baboon is scary. Yeah, let alone 200 with a car. It was like. Cujo on baboon crack. Yeah, yeah. So they, there's like 200 baboons. They've got kind of a rock mount, uh, a rock formation that they hang. Their car drives up. They see Damien and they all, I don't know how they scared these baboons, I but they know. scared these baboons somehow. They're all like, they all get up on the rocks and they're back and back and they're like, woo, fuck, woo, 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 Yeah, so fuck. they start to get real aggressive. And then they get more aggressive. First they've got fear and then they're like, we got to fucking. Yeah, like this is something that we need to protect our family. And this is weird because you can see Damien in the passenger seat and he's kind of taken a little bit of pleasure in this 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 panic from the baboons. And basically they all start just attacking the car. Yeah. Like and this is like two hundred real baboons in the most aggressive manner. And I'm like, how did they get them to do that? And I What did they put in that car to make them get that angry? Yeah. Like I to, don't know. in the making. I was like Because I honestly feel that two hundred baboons could get into a car like that. I just don't like, think baboons quick. are that teachable either, you know what I mean? No, like, I feel that they would be the fuck you of the monkey. Do you remember team? that Ren and Stimpy episode where, um, <laughs> like, Ren and Stimpy are going to, like, they have to go into someone's yard for some reason and, like, like Ren goes to Stimpy, look over the fence and check if there's a dog in there because they don't want to jump in. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen this cartoon before. We jump in and get eaten mauled by a dog. Yeah. And Stimpy looks at the fence and goes, no dog. So Ren jumps in and they're like, <laughs> there's a baboon in there? <laughs> And like Stimpy, and he, he Ren gets attacked by the baboon. And Stimpy's, I was that. He says that line. He goes, "There's no dog, but there's a baboon." <laughs> I always think of that whenever I see a baboon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I want to watch Ren and Stimpy now. So good. Anyhow, they drive off. Yeah, she fucking peels out. I thought out, I really thought off. they were going to hit hit baboons. I this was... is a 1970s film. They don't care. They don't think people care that baboons get hit. Yeah, I but was a little concerned. No, I, at least I don't. I didn't see anything happen. We're going to say that nothing happened. It's fine. Mm. So later on that night, you know, this is where everything starts to go down. It is all starting to go down. She's she's feeling very standoffish, and you know, Thorn is trying to figure out like what's wrong. Like you know, it's like, oh baby, you're not you usual cheery self and she basically this is so very of its time she basically says she's like i have fears i have fears and i don't want to say them because i don't want you to put me put me away i would like to talk to a professional yeah how's that line you guys go what's wrong darling because if i told you you'd put me away and i'm like put you away woman's thoughts (laughs) and yes the 70s i guess that was still actually happening in the 70s Anyway, yeah, um, and she asks uh, uh, Robert to organise the retreat because she can't organise her own one because she is just a woman. Yeah, you need permission from your husband. You actually do. Yeah. Yeah, weirdly that enough. Or you did. Up. Yeah, fuck. Anyhow, and we assume that Robert organised her a, a, a shrink there. It's not actually said, but it did get organised. Like, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, the crazy, and I've written in my notes, the crazy, maybe not so crazy now, priest, uh, Tells Robert to meet him in the park and yeah. in the, over the phone. He rings him. Is that what he does? No. 
So the right? Thorn is at a rugby match with all his That's like, right. Yeah, so yeah. Rich buddies and um, basically the photographer is also there taking photos. I don't know why. Anyway, he's there. The preacher approaches and says, "Look, you need to meet me. Like this is a, you just come see me in this park in like 5, five minutes. minutes. We will never talk Your wife's again. life is at stake." Yep. And you know, he's like, oh, "Fine." So of course, fine. The, the photographer takes a bunch of photos of the priest once again. Because okay, that photographer is just there. He's there. I guess he's, he's supposed to be that high up that he's always got a paparazzi. Yeah, type, I'd kind say of group so. with him. So we cut to the dark room, and um, you know, he's he's going through the photos of the priest again, and he's looking, and now we see this line becoming more prominent. In the photo that he's taken, which is you know, it's a little peculiar. He's, he's a bit sus on it. Yeah, he so. kind of lines up a whole bunch of photos of the priest. And you can see that all of them have this, this same um, kind of like stuff up on them. Of this yeah. faint line coming down and touching His the priest's shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's like, fucking hmm, that's weird. That seems to be very, very strange. Um, we don't see any more of it. And we cut to Thorn meeting the priest in the park. He basically spills off this fucking sermon from the book of Speaks Revelations. Speaks fucking riddles again. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, this is why I don't like the Bible, because it's all like, on the seventh day and blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. This is why they're losing and he's, in his movie. He basically says, like, you basically know, need to go to this place because this person knows, can tell you exactly how to kill the child. Yeah, which, and I didn't know where that place was, but we assume that's in, like, it's in... Oh, it's in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And the dude's name was wicked. It was like a Bugenhagen. Yeah, I didn't even hear it. I'm like, You oh, have yeah. to go see Bugenhagen. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is Bugenhagen? And apparently it's a man in this. Like, yeah. yeah but right. yeah, Bugenhagen. And I was like, that's a name, eh? It is a name. It was an epic I name. I looked it up on like the IMDb to see what the actual name was. Yeah. Uh, and his name's like Robert Bugenhagen or something. In like, kind of like, such a normal name. It's probably like Baugenhagen. Yeah. Um, so basically, he explains that the son of the devil will kill the unborn unborn child and the mother, and he's like, "Dun dun dun! Your wife's knocked up." And she's like, "She can't be knocked up. She can't get break. You know, she's mm-hmm. fucked." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I don't remember having sex with her. You know, he must have sex with her." Um, and, and he's he- like, "Well, my wife's not pregnant, and no, she's not going to die." And and he also says, "You have to kill you." Your other child at this point of saying, just he, yeah. he kind of loosely throws that one in there as well. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Go get fucked, mate. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. Five minutes is up. I'm leaving. And the priest, his last words to him are, you'll see me in hell. Yeah. I don't know why you see the priest in hell though, because he hasn't done anything wrong. Well, he kind of has. And they'll explain that later. Um. So we get some big weather rolling oh, in. He also, he also says that... Um, yeah, that he's going to kill, like, Damien's going to kill the mother and the unborn child because the unborn child threatens his power. Mm. And that, yeah, so as in to become the successor. So basically as in kind of saying that Damien has chosen you to be his parent so he can be the successor of your power you're developing. Yeah. Which I liked that. Yeah, well, because um, they, I think they explain that the no. Antichrist comes through... The politics or something. Yeah, they do that later when yeah. they meet Bugenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, uh, Bugenhagen. anyhow, big weather. Pumpkinhead big weather. Pumpkinhead Did you weather. write that at Pumpkinhead as well? I just wrote big weather. Every time I write big weather, it just means Pumpkinhead. So uh, they're in Central Park. No. 
They're in, in the, the British equivalent to Central, Central, Central Park. Park. Yeah. And then big weather rolls in. It's the middle of the day. This isn't nighttime. No. But, you know, fucking the leaves are blowing. There's thunder. There's fucking shit. There's like lightning hitting trees. Oh, and trees shit. are falling. We get this really soundtrack cracking in. And we're following the priest here, not, yep. not no. Robert Thorno. Um, he's running around. He's fucking shit. I need cover. He sees it. He goes. I, he obviously knows this is the power of some sort of demon, Damien, or some shit. He sees a church in the distance. He runs to the pre- the church. It's locked. He can't get in there. He runs around the back. It's still locked. No, a church <laughs> and then locked. All, I know. And then all of a sudden, a a bit of lightning hits the top spire of the church. And it comes down, uh, and it's a big, straight, black spire. Spike, would you call it? Yeah, I'd call it I wouldn't. Sp- I, I just thought a spire would have a bit more ornateness to it than just being a long rod. Yeah, it was definitely like a lightning rod. Yeah, oh yeah, basically. actually, yeah, no, it probably was a lightning rod, actually. And it, it gets knocked off, it comes down, and it heads down towards the priest. He sees it with enough time to get out of the way, but decides to just yell. Oh, yeah, that in, classic, no, <laughs> with his hands and up. And it impales. It is a good shot, wide shot. We can, yeah. You can see how it's done. It went behind him. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, wide shot, and you see the pole just goes, zunk, straight through him, and impales him and hangs him up. And I'm like... They haven't shied away from their violence in this film. Of like, it no. showed the hanging. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't just show. It could, they could have just like, I would have been fine with them with the hanging bit of the girl of them just showing the reaction and then showing the aftermath. But no, yeah. they showed the snap of the rope, as you said, and that the, yeah. the tightening. And, and we see this thing go straight through the priest and impale him. And I'm like, poor guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And impaled out. him conveniently where the no, light source. No, no. You don't say that yet. Oh, okay. That's so a sorry. reveal later. Oh, that's a reveal. Oh, no. Well, anyway, forget that. Back at the house, Damien's being a classic child and he's just being kind of loud and running around. And, you know, his mum is just, you know, just sitting on the couch. She's just looking so done with life. Like, yeah. She's, you know, the eyes are wide. She's, she's frazzled. Like, every every fun squeal of Damien having fun is like... It's an, like needles. It's, an, it's a Needles ne- in her throat. Yeah, or like a scalpel wouldn't put into her eye. Yeah, so she basically she calls out for Mrs. Baylock. She's like, just fucking get him out of here. Do your job, mate. Get him out. Thorn comes in and she basically, she's like, I'm really struggling. Like, she basically explains, she's like. And she says, I've been going to the doctor. So, uh, oh, you have been going to the doctor. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And she says, she's like, the doctor wants to talk to you. And then she sort of explains that she doesn't want to have any more children. And he's like, well, that's fine. Why would you we, even say we that? We don't yeah. need to have more children. And she's like, I would like to go to the Schmushmorshman clinic and get a Schmushmorshman. Oh. So she basically asks him. She, so she basically says that she's pregnant. She's and, pregnant. And then he's like, hang on. Didn't someone just tell me you were uh-huh. gonna you were pregnant? I didn't believe them. So, yes, she is pregnant and she would like an abortion. And, of course, once again, being 1976, you need to ask your husband permission you have an abortion. It's crazy. Um, the phone calls interrupts their conversation, and uh, he basically gets some news. He checks the newspapers, and he finds that the priest that he has just been talking to has been impaled. Now they put the photo, photo. of this in the paper. On I the, wouldn't have on thought on the front page of a, of a cadaver. Yeah, I just wouldn't have thought that this would be front page. I thought that as well, and I'm like, well, we had to like, you know, and we assume that, that it's probably the photo is taken by that guy. Yeah, yeah, very much so. 
Uh, we cut to Thorne. He is now talking to Catherine's psychologist and he's basically revealing that, look, she thinks this child is evil. She also thinks that it's not hers. And he's like, mm, fuck. He's like, oh, God, she's on to me. It's been five years. I had a good run. Yeah. And Who would have thought this was going to blow up in my face? She basically, like, the, the, the doctor explains that, you know, she does not want to have a second child and this could really affect Damien, it could affect the whole family, but most importantly, it could affect Catherine and her mental well-being. But, of course, Thorne decides, no, he refuses to allow the abortion to happen because the baby was foretold. Yeah. He actually says that, doesn't he? He does. He says it was foretold. Not because he doesn't give a reason. I mean, he doesn't have to. He's a man. He take the wife's, no. like, you know, uh, you know, her how she feels about this in consideration. Nope. Goes, I'm having this child no matter what. Yeah. Anyhow, um, we cut to a new scene. Yep. So yeah, It's another day, we assume. Yeah, I like that a lot of this film happens during the day. Like oh, a yeah, lot it's hardly of, any of it's night. All of this stuff is happening during the day. So he decides he's like racing home to his wife. Um, Damien is riding around. He's He's got that little... No, no, no. Now I think... I think Thorne now has gone overseas. He's not even in the country at this point, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't matter. He does a lot of work around. Yes. Um, So Damien's riding his bike around his room, just in circles. He's having a a real good time. Yeah, this is like pre-Shining track too. Oh, really? Because it's very got the Shining vibe to it. It does, doesn't it? But nope. Uh, Baylock's watching on and having a good old time just watching the Antichrist play and be merry. Um, meanwhile, Catherine is out on the the mezzanine. Mezzanine. Oh, it's like a mezzanine that's like two stories high, like because their house is so big, it's got like yeah. giant open, like almost ballroom like rooms that have mezzanines. Yes. And she's doing housework. Yeah, she's just watering the plants. They have like a staff of twelve, but she's watering those. She might plants. like watering plants, and ha- so she's watering the hanging pot plants that are hanging above the mezzanine that she has to. Get up onto a chair and yep. water them. So as this is this clearly is nothing's going to happen. Nope. But Miss Baylock opens the door and Damien just fucking rolls right out of that bedroom and straight down the mez. Cue Damien to his Damien denominator. <laughs> and I'm like, the most fearful thing in the world is a child in a trike. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Yes. I have seen the the shining and it actually might be. Yeah, they are aggressive on those little tracks. They're just going for gold. Basically, he runs right into his mum. He beelines the chair. He does. He, like, knocks her off of the balcony. She goes over. She's holding on for dear life. She, she gets on just and onto... these are, like, these big-ass things. Like, I'm really surprised she held on for as long as she could. She's yeah. calling for help, and he you just see his little head sticking through the little banister, just watching her. He doesn't try and help or get upset. She... But he doesn't actually, like... He's just kind of just there. He's just, like... He's like perplexed and like guys. This is an interesting situation. Yeah, <laughs> I should Let's watch this happens. and see what happens. Yeah, she falls. She falls straight to the ground, like Thonks. two stories. We see her hit the ground. We do. It was Thonks. kind of funny. Um, and he just sort of gets up and just goes running back into Baylock. Cut to the hospital now. Old Thorny Robert rocks up. <laughs> Thorny Robs. There's press everywhere. Um, he's trying to wade through to get to the doctors. Trying to get to his fucking wife. Yeah, and they're like, look, she will recover. Um, she's got an, a concussion. She's got internal bleeding. And he's like, wait, internal bleeding? But she's pregnant. And he's like, nah, she ain't anymore, uh, mate. She's lost the baby. 
And, and this I, is she, the, the moment that he says, you've lost the baby. You see, like, suspicion growing. <laughs> he just has that face of, it's all coming Yeah, well, together. all these little, like, little clues are mounting up. I always felt like this film was just, like, what would it take to make a, a parent believe mm. that their son is evil? Yeah. And I think that's a, just that was the whole vibe of this film. That's all they wanted to do. And it's, and it's good. It's very subtly done. It's got that kind of subtleness I thought that Poltergeist has at the start yeah. where it's a slow burn. Little things are happening the whole time, but none of them are too sharp junky. No? Yeah. Shark jumpy. Yeah. <laughs> J- shark junky. <laughs> I'm addicted to sharks, man. I get up every morning and I hit a shark. Oh, man. I love that. I'd be a shark junkie. So it's about this moment. Uh, where I was watching the film and I was like, oh man, we must be getting pretty close to the end. No. No. This is 58 minutes into the film. There is still another 58 still minutes another, to go. There's still another film worth. I stopped and did a bunch of housework and then came back to it because I needed a bit of a break. I did. I just sat there. You sat there. You, you fucking I had nothing it. else to do. I was sick. Yeah. Poor <laughs> thing. Home. Um, and then we get like, you know, he goes to see his wife. She has like a giant, like, nearly half body cast. She has, like, tubes in her. I'm like, yeah, you're fucked, eh? Yeah, like, she's, ha- she's not having a good time. Like, the half-body cast, the arm up in the air, like, in the full cast, the old-school shit. These days, they just probably put, like, a brace on there, you yeah. know? Like, uh, the, it's gotten so good, all that uh, tech of, like, we don't... Plaster of Paris and all that shit just doesn't get used that much. Well, right? no, because now they can go in and, like... Put, my baby's... Put- Put pins in shit. Yeah, and they just hold on with like clip-on cast. You can open up and then like, oh. cl- yeah, yeah. I'm saying right. Anyhow, she's like fucking in bed, and she pulls fucking Thorny Robert down to him and goes like, "Don't let him kill me." And you're like, "Oh fuck!" Now she's on it as well. So yes, everyone's involved now. If, they, if him and his wife had just talked about this, it'd be so much it more. Might have turned out a little bit differently. It's like. almost like a, a commentary on. Why don't you, like, don't keep stuff from each other if you're in a relationship? Because straight away it starts with a lie. Of yeah, like, like, don't tell your wife. Yeah. And then, like, they don't tell each other. They don't communicate in this. And it could they could have got through this better if they'd communicated. Yeah, yeah definitely. But it's the 70s. You don't want to talk to your wife. Um, so back at the house, Thorn goes to see Damien, who is in bed. And as he's in the room, like, he sees Baylock, who is in a, a room adjacent to uh, Damien. But as he's looking at Damien, we start to hear this growl happening from the shadows. And the fucking Rottweiler is back. And it sort of, it gets up, it's on its, like, hackles, and it's starting to growl at him. And it's fucking terrifying as he's watching this. Why is it in in the bedroom? Why is this dog in the bedroom hiding in the shadows? Like, is this a shadow dog? Is this a real dog? He kind of just backs out and fucks off. Yeah, so luckily for him, like, the the phone rings and he kind of just, he's like, nope's on out of there. And he answers the phone and it is the photographer. I called him the paparazzi. Yep. Because he's, like, not just the photographer. I suppose he's just a photographer, isn't he? But I think he writes stories as well. Quite possibly. He does stuff. He's pretty sleuthy. So he basically asked Thorne to come t- come over to his house and talk about the priest incident. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Thorny feels like he's in trouble. So he goes in and he's got, like, like Thorne rocks up to the paparazzi's house. He's got, like, this, you know, set up. He's got one of those boards with bits of string going everywhere, basically, kind of yes, thing. Yes, of course. And you're like, oh, man. this. De- and he has done some Batman-level detective work here. He has worked out, basically, the whole plot of the film. He like, he goes, look at all these fucking photos that I've got, I've been taking. See, this is your nanny. 
Yep. Uh, and you can see here, I took this photo of your nanny at your birthday party. You can see here there's a faint line that looks like, you know, coming down and it goes around her neck. And you can see, and then he shows her hanging. He goes, bit of a coincidence that there's like this. And then at that point, I didn't even realize what these things were. I was like, oh, they're foreshadowing how the people are going to die. Yeah. They probably have like a Damien curse on them. And then he's like, you know, and look at the, the pastor. Like he had this line going down towards him and like you puts it juxtaposed to the photo and the line is exactly the same spot as the lightning rod speared him. And I'm like, exactly. that's fucking cool. So he starts talking more. He's like, well, after all this happened, I started digging. Right, Batman. So he's Batman um, with a very 70s haircut. And he basically starts to explain that the priest was actually like, he was riddled with cancer. He was high on morphine most of the time. And they go over to... They basically go to the priest. Well, also, there was home. a photo of the priest had a birthmark. Yes, of six 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 on him. Yeah, so they go. To like, why did the priest have it? Maybe he was. Was he like one of them? Maybe. Like, was he in line to be the antichrist or something? Because it says like the antichrist has the six 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 on him, and the priest had it. And yeah, like, maybe that's why he's going to hell. So they start like, you know, he pulls out uh, photos of the um. Uh, autopsy and he's basically just sort of like this guy was in pretty good like health physically well on the outside but on the inside he's like riddled with cancer on you know and he has this birthmark 666 and they basically start they don't tell us what that means like why does this this priest have a 666 birthmark like what does that mean for this plot and they basically go over to his, yeah, his uh, house. Let's go to his house and find some more Scooby-Doo clues. Uh, I love a Scooby-Doo clue. There are thousands of pages of the Bible covering the room, including he's wallpapered the window. He's wallpapered yeah. his whole room with the Bible. You know, he's he's very close to the church. It's like directly it's across shit. the road. There's like 47 crucifixes. Um, it looks like a house from seven. I was just going to say, it does. It looks like the house from seven. Um Cops didn't care that the photographer had rocked up or took a bunch of stuff. So, because they just assumed that this guy was crazy. Um, So he finds a diary and he basically says that the diary is about Thorn. Yeah, it says everything he's done, his movements for like. Yeah, everything he's done for the last like couple of years. And he said that the last entry was meeting Thorn in the park. Or meeting you. Yes. And he then starts explaining that there was this phenomenon and then the 6th of June, five years ago. And he's like, hang on, that was the day my wife lost her baby and we got our new baby that was born also on that day, which was the 6th of June. And he goes, was he born at 6 a.m.? he's like, please tell me it wasn't 6 a.m. And he's like, it was. Yeah. Six, the naughty number. So then we get that he's like, well, what is this 666 all about then? And he's like, well, it's the, you Have you heard the Iron Maiden song? Number of the beast. It is the number of the beast. You know, for it's number every- of man. Yeah. Who is the beast? The man is definitely the beast. Um Anyhow. So he explains like the whole six 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 thing and then Thorn So they were like pretty certain that like there's no way Thorn could have thought, Oh, maybe my son isn't evil now. <laughs> it's more like how do you deal with this from then on? He wants some more solid proof though, I think. He wants like answers. he wants answers from people who like you know, like, there's all this shit happening. Like, why Why they know all this? Yeah. Well, also, like, you've got uh, some people telling you that you need to kill your child 
you kind of want something a little bit more cement yeah, yeah. before and you it, commit to that. The last thing the, the paparazzi does in this scene is he shows Robert a photo of himself that he took recently and mm. we can see that there is a death mark on that for him. And he's like, what does this fucking mean? Am I going to die, cunt? Yeah, he's like, so now I'm, I'm involved. Anyhow, Robert and the paparazzi are now in Rome. <laughs> they are. They've decided yes. to go to Rome and they're going to find the church... They're going to go back to the church where uh, Robert Robert Thorne uh, adopted Damien and go ask that pastor and shit like, what the fuck, man? Where did he, what's yeah, going what on? What up? Yeah. And anyway, they get to the church and it's gone. Mm, it's been There bur- was a terrible fire five te- years ago. Terrible fire. Burned down. Started in the records. Yeah. The hall of records. There's no There's someone there that tells them all this. Like, you know, you can't do it. It's all gone. All gone. All gone. But you might be able to go to see the, the, the original priest who gave you the baby. He is somewhere else. Yeah, he's still alive. He's living in a monastery He got somewhere. burnt in the fire. Road trip. Road trip. So they uh, they stop and have some lunch, and this is where we find out that the devil's child will rise through politics, and they fucking... Yeah, so yeah, the, the apparently in the Bible it is written that the... The, the Antichrist will gain power through the power of politics. And I'm like, it's a bit weird that the Bible 6,000 years ago or whatever it is would have, you know, talk about politics. Well, yeah, I mean, politics would have changed in 6,000 years. Yeah, yeah. Years. So, and then we're like, okay, we got that. We get it that Damien's trying to get power through being the son of important people. Yes. And it's like, uh, yeah, so they just work together. Like, uh, the paparazzi work that out. And then they go, yeah, so now they go to see this priest guy in a very, very remote, out-of-the-way place. We, I assume they're still in Rome? Yes, they are. Or they're in... Well, they're in... Israel. No, Ge- they're, in, they're in Italy. Italy. Yeah. Israel, they Israel so they find the priest um, and they're sort of talking to... Another... They, go there, they go to this place, it's like rubble down. There's black-robed men. It looks like a cult, almost. And they're like... <laughs> uh, they, they And they, uh, they show... They bring him... They bring Robert and the paparazzi to the priest, but he is very burnt and can't move, can't talk. He's basically completely yes. The useless. mind is there, but there he cannot talk. He he has fallen from grace. He is he's a bad person. He's repenting for all his sins. Blah blah blah. But he can write with one hand. Yes. And they don't give him a pencil to write with. They give him just a chunk of charcoal. Well, just give him something easier to write on. Anyhow, he writes the word servette, crevette. Um, and they're like, "What's that?" And the other dude's like, "Oh, it's a cemetery." He goes, "Oh, that." Because he asks, "Where's the? Where is Damien's mother?" And he writes that word down. Yeah. And so they like, that. "Okay, cool. Got another clue." Road trip. Road trip to the cemetery. Who fucking knows where this is? It's uh, fifty kilometers in the opposite direction. It's getting dark. Yep. By the time they get here. But why would you search shit in the dark? Why would you go, hmm, let's go to a cemetery and look for a grave in the dark? No, you wouldn't even find it. I'd just be like, "No, nah, we'll wait till the morning." They don't. No, they, they, they go to the cemetery. You know, they jump in. This fit, this scene was great, like fucked and great. Like, so they find the grave. I don't know how they work this shit out. They find the grave of Damien's original mother. Yes, and they, uh, it's like a, it's kind of like a mini tomb, like concrete one that you can lift the lid off. Yeah, they lift the lid off and dun dun dun. There's a fucking dog corpse in there, what? as in like skeleton. So my, I, at this point, I'm like, so was he born of dog? <laughs> Is that what they're alluding to? Damien born of dog. No, I think he, the dog was buried in replacement of the woman. Oh, I thought it was because like his, his mother was a beast. Yeah, it could be. 
like I didn't look too much into it. Like, like that that does sound like a thing that the anti- like Antichrist will be born of a fucking a foul of a, beast. Of a bitch. Of a bitch. You know? God damn. And now next to it, there's a mini grave that Aww. that they come to the conclusion and they open this mini grave up and it has and, and, and somehow before they open it, Mike, Robert Thorne has come to the conclusion, this is the grave of my original child, mm. the one that died mm. in the thing. And they open that up and there's a fucking tiny baby skeleton in there with a smashed up skull. And they're yeah. like, they murdered my son. And I'm like, that's fucking heavy. Yeah. they Yeah. And so they, all- it was clearly a plan. And she also, the mother died on the 6th of the 6th at 6 o'clock. Yeah. His son died on the 6th of the 6th at 6 o'clock. His real son. Yep. Damien was born on the 6th of the 6th at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Should have been set in 1966. Hang on, was it? No. Who knows? Could have been. Should have been. Um, and I was like, fuck, man, that's heavy. And I mean, he did jump to a bit of conclusions. But like, he's like, they murdered my son. And I'm like, imagine you fucking found that shit out. You'd be yeah, like, you'd oh, be pretty ropeable. Like, but does that mean the priest, the disabled priest, was in league with Satan? Because he gave it to yeah, them. Yeah, quite like, possibly. Like, I'm guessing that a, there was like, like, like he's trying to repent for his sins. Does that mean the other preacher was in league with Satan as well, and that's why he had this? And they they both gone. Fuck! What are we doing? We're yeah, idiots. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know, but. There's no time to, to mourn dead babies. That sounded horrible. Because eight rock wheelers rock. Fucking dogs. Eight of them. I counted them. Eight rock wheelers rock up and all growl uh. <laughs> and like around them. And they like, you know, they try to run. Yeah. They run. And y- if you have eight rock... Again, this is very similar to the baboon thing. If you've got eight rock wheelers running at you to attack you... You are not just going to be like, oh, it's got the the back of my pants. Yeah, so no, the, the rock wheelers catch them. Yes. Four rock wheelers at a time attack them. And I'm like, one rock wheeler would kill you. Yes. So they, they, they're they just wrestling with four rock wheelers grabbing them. And they just kind of shrug it off and yeah. keep going. Like, you would have died. Yes. That was the only... Uh, it could have been one rock wheeler and that seems still would have made sense. Yes. The fact that it was eight, it was like, yeah, you, you, nah, nah. you No one is getting... Like they was, have like a little blood on their shoulder or something. But yeah, like, Thorn like because they're trying to climb the fence and Thorn like hurts himself. Like I think he kind of impales himself a little bit on the fence. Yeah, I don't um, know. but that never comes up again. Yeah, no. Anyhow, but they uh, basically they get out. They, they get away. It's not a problem. Uh, You're Rob, not getting away from eight Rottweilers. Some lady fucking died. She got mauled by like eight fucking weenie dogs. So. I died just if a Rottweiler barked at me. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Robert calls Catherine and tells her I'm fucking coming straight home from Rome. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah he's he's warning his wife. So, you know, he's like, you are leaving. We've got someone coming to get you right now. Get up, get dressed, and go. Oh, no, he doesn't tell her he's coming home. He says, hey, you're coming to Rome. Yes. Like, I would not at any point she's get still up and in, get in dressed. The, she's still in the bed with this giant half-body cast with her arm in the air, and she's, like, expected to get up. He goes, I've got a man coming over to pick you up straight away. I'd just be like, well, I'm good to go as is. Like, So she's poor ladies there trying to, like, get dressed with a fucking cast and arm. And, of course, she gets stuck. And... The evil nanny. Fucking Baylock rocks in. Evil nanny Baylock. We've got the choir music going again. And then from the outside of the hospital, we see a couple of people downstairs talking. And then we hear a giant crash. And Catherine goes flying out the window and directly not just hits the, the ambulance. She goes through and 
into the ambulance. Yeah, through an ambulance, her body, and then the doors burst open. We see her dead body. She's dead. Poor old Robert. He's one step behind Satan every time. Yeah, you're never going to beat Satan. That's the whole thing. And now Robert hears that his wife's dead on the phone uh, in Rome, and he's, like, upset, and he's like, fuck, i got to kill my kid, eh? Yeah, so him, he and the uh, photographer are basically like, we've got to kill this kid. Yeah, we've got to go see Bugenhagen, the exorcist. His name's Bugenhagen. I wrote it down. Oh, God. Uh, So they go to Bugenhagen, wherever he is, in a more, if there could even be, a more remote temple, which is just in the side of a rock-faced cliff. In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. I'm not sure how they got there. Well, he flies. I'm guessing being the ambassador, you can fly for free. He, no, he has his own plane later on. When oh, he comes he? home to America, he's in his own plane. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Um, so um, he he meets up with this booger. booger no, he's a bearded man. Like a, kind of a... Well, how would you describe him? He's like a rounded, bearded... He's, he's, jo- a, he's like a bear. Yeah, he's a bear. He's or, a bear. He's the kind of guy that would dress as Santa like, on, like, yes. and work in a mall. Yeah. So he's got this physique... Yeah. And yeah, he's like he's got some like Hessian fucking robes on and shit, like a fucking wheat sack. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, man, I can fucking help you out." He's like so unbiblical, this dude. He's like, he's the first person in the movie that's gone. Oh yeah, I'll show you what's going on. Yeah, and he does it in. The, he's just basically in like succinctly. Ingl- he's like, "Okay, so you need so the kid, the son of the devil, he's gonna have a birthmark sequences six." Six, six, sequence, somewhere on his body. He's yep. like, nah, I've seen every inch of this kid's body. I I know that he doesn't. He's like, check the fucking scalp. Yeah, he goes, you can't see it. It'll always be under the hair. And he's like, oh, fucking hell. Well, what's next? What's the next part? He goes, well, I've got these seven knives. They're like, like, they're like big iron rod things. He goes, you have to stab him up in yeah. a church. Yeah. It has to be in a church. Hollowed but, ground. Yeah, hollow, hollow ground, the old hollow ground. Uh, first knife you have to do through his heart, which kills his body. Yep. And then the seven other sequent knives kill Satan yep. inside of him. Done. And you're done. You kill the Antichrist and fucking everyone's peachy apples, mate. And he's like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> but hey, that was the fucking most succinct set of directions I've ever heard. Why the in fuck any didn't Bugenhagen just come to America and like go, can I have another meeting, please? Instead of sending crazy cunt man there. Yeah, you know. And, like, all these religious people who just speak in fucking uh, passages from the Bible doesn't help. No. Because you know who's read the Bible? No one. Well, some Okay, a lot have. of people read the Bible. Apologize. <laughs> no one that has any sense. That's right. Um, Thorn and the photographer leave, but they have an argument because Thorn, he, like, he knows what he's got to do, but he just, he's like, I, I fucking can't kill my kid. Yeah. He grabs a knife and he ditches him down the, uh, down the street. Paparazzi's like, dude, if you can't do it, I'll do it. Paparazzi goes to pick up the seven knives. It takes him like 20 minutes to pick up seven knives. Well, you got to collect them. Go you know, they're in the sand. Sand is just... And now we see a truck. Like a... Uh, what kind of truck we got here? Like a... Just like a... Big old truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a, a work... You know, someone owns a truck. It's not yeah. like a van. It Its handbrake goes off mysteriously by itself. It starts going down the road, the hill, towards... Paparazzi man, as he's slowly picking up the knives, he, you know, he's still slowly picking up the knives. The truck doesn't notice the truck hurtling towards him. The truck hits kind of a curb or something, a lump of dirt or something. It stops dead, and the giant plate of glass that's on the back of the, the truck, yes, flings out at rapid speed 
as the paparazzi looks up to look at it, and it decapitates him. And this is a, once again, full wide shot. Yeah. This one was in slow motion as well. And we see they've obviously made a complete dummy of the guy. looks exactly like And it actually, they actually decapitate a dummy. Yeah. Or a, a manic, or, you know, like a prosthetic person. Is that the right word? Yes. Um, with a plane of glass flying at high speeds. And Which it is looks, really cool. And it looks, when it cuts his head off so great, it like flies, yeah. spins in the air and stuff. And you're like, fuck, that looked great. <laughs> Three all uh, three good deaths in this film so far. Yeah, pretty much. So we get like this, you know, Thorn is basically just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I, we assume that Thorn picked up the knives <laughs> after all that. Yeah. Bailed. Like, there's no like, and he just gets back on his own personal jet and flies back to London. Yeah. So he fuck the paparazzi. Like, if I'm having to deal with that and not answer any questions. No, or, you'd, you'd have uh, you'd you'd have to answer. It questions. was an accident. Yes. Well, I mean, it was like you know, it's fine. Um, he gets home. This is like the kind of the end. This is like, he, he's decided, he's like, he's come to the realisation he has to kill. He's like, everyone is prophesied to die, is dying around him. Everyone, like, this is fucked. And this is, this is hard thing. He goes in. There's a dog there again. Yeah, so he he basically, like, goes in. He's he's heading straight for Damien's room. It's the, night time now. The Rottweiler, like, gets in his way. He gets the drop on the dog and somehow traps it, I think, like, down the stairs. It, 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 kind of lo- it kind of chases him a bit and he tricks it and it goes in the cellar and he locks it in the cellar. Yeah. Yeah. So the dog's down there barking. He can't get out. Exactly. He's- he goes into his bedroom. He grabs a pair of scissors and he heads into Damien's room, checks Baylock. Baylock's out like a light and he starts cutting Damien's hair. He then finds, of course, after cutting just a couple of little spots. Not, not too much. Yeah. You got a good, good guess of where Yeah, it he be. had a great guess. Uh, we see the 666... Birthmark on Damien's how good scalp. Was that? How good was it? It was clearly just a doll yeah. that they were cutting its hair. They just like, like grooved it in real good. Yeah, but like the actual like hair follicles were just like uh, in chunks how a doll ones is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You go, I mean, they couldn't just shave someone's head. Like, no. It's a fucking film. You got millions of dollars. Well, that I mean, think about a, a, a shaver in 1976. Yeah. Did they have electric shavers? And if they did, it would have been a really big, heavy, long cord and a big thing that would have been like... And yeah, Robert stands up realising, fucking hell, he is the fucking Antichrist. He's got that. Now he's got the tattoos. And he's like... And all of a sudden, evil fucking... What's her name? Baylock. Baylock nanny jumps out of nowhere attacking Robert from behind and they're having yep. a wrestle. They have a good old tussle. He basically punts her, knocks her out, grabs Damien. And yeah, he um, kicks her in the face. Yeah, yeah. She goes down like a sack of potatoes. He grabs Damien. They go running out of the Damien's room. Damien's not really into it at the moment. He's like kind of no, kicking. No, he's like, he's, he's not okay with this. He grabs a light fixture from the wall, rips it off. They both get electrocuted. Robert, oh, yeah, Damien grabs yeah. Is that all that happened? Yeah. Thorn goes down. Um, you know, he ends up getting back up again. Baylock attacks again. And they're, Nanny's they're back for the, the second kitchen. attack. This yeah. is the second boss battle, you know, the second That's part. Right. She's got more power now because she's angry. Um, they're in the kitchen. He stabs her in the neck. Yeah, he, he, he stabs her in the neck with a knife and in the shoulder with a fucking a car, uh, a roast fork. You know, yeah. the ones you, you, you hold it still with? Yeah. So he basically double stabs her. It's Thanksgiving, bitch. Yeah, shonk. She's dead. Yeah, Good she is dead and the dog howls. Yo. The dog knows what's happening. So now Robert jumps into the car, ditches Damien in the car. And this scene was harrowing. 
Like, because yeah, so you get to the point where he's a far, you're seeing a father that's realizing he has to kill his own son. But the son isn't acting evil. The son's no. kind of crying. He's holding, he's driving and holding his son down with his other hand while his son's kind of going, oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, it gets real heavy about this because, like, he starts to sort of, um, Really, sort of go for it, like because you're like in he's mo- holding, he's in the front seat, he's trying to drive, he's clearly driving to a church. You've got Damien in the back seat, who's like no, he's in the front, he's in the, he's in the holding front. Him, yeah, oh yeah, because they're, they're all those bench seats back in the day, weren't yeah. they? So he's like holding Damien down, who is struggling and crying, and he's, he's not just like, like evil. He's not like floating no. with flames coming out of his eyes. You just assume that like he still looks like a child. And I, at, at this point, I was like, how do you even, even if he wins here, even if like. When he does this stuff, how do you explain any of this? No, you because like to your e- life is over one way or another. You might as well kill yourself after you've killed your kid, hey? Yeah, like, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, like, like you may have saved the world, but how do you live with being a child killer? Yeah, because to everyone else, it's not like they're gonna walk into the room and see a floating, demonic child with pentagrams going around him. He's no. just a child. He's a kid. Anyhow, he's speeding to the church, and of course, he speeds past the police, and they're like, "Fuck that guy's gone fast. Let's chase him." Yep. So they're, they're now it's a police. not too far behind. Um, Thorn rocks up at the church and he drags, he literally drags Damien in kicking and screaming, which, uh, again, this is, you, like you said, like this one, it's this like is a kid. pretty hard to watch. Yeah, it's just like a kid having a, a, a tantrum. It's not yeah. like a, an evil kid. So this he kid is now the- freaking out. Like you can see, you know, he's he's very distressed and, you know, he, he goes to sort of move away, you know, Gregory Peck like grabs a leg and just yanks him. So this kid's being literally flung around and he's taking it like a bit of a champ. So he he grabs Damien, holds him down, he gets a knife out, and the kid goes like, "No, please, Daddy, no!" And I'm like, "Fuck off, cats!" Yeah. <laughs> as a as a parent, I was yeah. like, I, "I like thinking I never want to be in this situation." Thank God my child's not the Antichrist. He no, might be. He is but, adorable. Uh, uh, and then. Like, yeah, well, Robert's like, he's got the knife. He's like, he's trying to do it. He's about to do it. And then suddenly, bang, the cops fucking burst in. Kick in the door. Kick in the door. They see him with a knife. They see the child. They shoot Robert. End of scene. Fade to white. Fade to white, motherfucker. We cut back into a funeral. So clearly we've got a funeral for Thorn and Kitty. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's there mourning. And this is a, like... So this is a very, like, you know, it's on their property, I think it was. Or so. I don't know where it was, but, uh, you know, there was all senators there. There was the press there. It's very official. There. There's the American flags and the 21-gun salute. Yeah, so, you know, he's been, like, they've probably kept it hidden in the media of what actually happened because you don't yeah. want to have your potential U.S. president, a child murderer. No. And it's the end. Yeah, so basically, um, you know, there's mourning happening and a security guard walks up to the president. The president's there because they're best mates. Yep. And he sort of says, uh, it's time to go now. Like, let's go. And as we turn back, we see that it's the president and the first lady standing there. We pan the camera pans down and we see that they are both holding the hands of Damien. Who now has acquired a new set of family and the more powerful. Which is probably most powerful. Yeah, and um, he turns, and that to makes the sense because they did say, and I was like, that seems a bit weird that they take him in, I'm like, but they were supposed to be really good friends, yeah. and they might have actually been godparents. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, as yeah. in, so I'm like, okay, and back then that meant a thing, not like these days. No. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. No. <laughs> um, he basically, and then it was, that's it. He he looks yeah. at the camera and kind of smiles, yeah. and you're like, cut to black. Yeah, and we get a quote. We get a Bible quote. 
which I will read out. Oh, good, because I didn't write it down. I wrote it down. Here is wisdom. Let him... Oh, this is in, written in Bible speak. Let him that hath understanding count count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and the number and this number is 666, a.k.a. evil wins. <laughs> evil wins in this film. Yeah. This you, is- you assume that... He, he gains power, he kills the president off, he becomes president, and he fucking rains hell down on the world. Yes. Which is what the Antichrist does. Except but, there's two more films after this one. I heard there's not, though. And then a remake. Yeah, right. Um, I haven't watched any of them. I don't, I don't think I will. What do you have thought? <sighs> okay. This is this was, this was great. This is a, a very... This is a... Um, one of those, it's not elevated horror, but it is one of those horror films that is not a horror film, but it's a horror film. Well, it, it is a clever horror film. Like, it, oh, it's very it clever. never, ever jumped the shark. No. It had so many opportunities to just kind of go into a monster it, film. Yeah, or, it could have gotten real silly, it, could have it, gotten really demony and whatnot. Yeah, but at all times it maintained its, like, sense of reality, and I was like, this is... Really good. It was shot really well. Yes. For a, a horror film as well, it seemed like it was like like a, a well-made, like kind of put-together film. It never seemed like scenes didn't make sense. You never got those like bad acting or anything. It was like a solid classic film. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. Ha- yeah, and I was like, wow. Like it, it's not one that is going to be on my radar as a frequent watch. Like I probably won't rewatch this for a while now. Um, but I'm really glad that we revisited it because it is it is definitely one of those films. Like if you are a, a horror fan or if you're getting into horror, you've it's on the list of films you should at least check out. Oh yeah, once. yeah. I get well. I gave it a C. I gave it a classic worth a watch because yeah. it really, really is just that. It really painted dogs in a bad picture though. It yeah, it did. Yep. Especially Except like, there is like most a lot of things is like the the hounds of hell yeah. kind of thing. No, and definitely. Stuff. I think they were playing on that, and that's good as well because they were just dogs. Mm-hmm. In this, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it was, yeah, just a couple. It of never explained the mother, the corpse, and the thing. You didn't have to. You let your imagination do that. And that's the thing as well. Like, you don't need to know. Like, I, I mean, a lot of this film was definitely Thorn trying to sort of um, go about finding out what happened, why, you know, all these questions that he needed answers to. But I also think that it didn't necessarily need as as many answers. Like, you just accept that this is what's happening. You have been chosen. There is literally nothing you can do to stop it, except kill your kid. That's true. It's true. So yeah, no, no it's, it's definitely worth watching. What are we watching oh, next? Man, I had a film that I wanted to watch and I can't remember now. Like, you know what I mean? What What haven't we done? Let me. I'm looking around my room, not trying to find like a, a horror film that we haven't seen. Okay. Uh, I mean, what What have we got on your list? I might steal one of yours. You can steal one of mine. We've That's done fine. Done the Omen. Have we done Exorcist? We haven't done the is that exercise. too much? I'm, that is a bit too much. Too much? That is. I wanna. I wanna be mentally and physically prepared for the Exorcist. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because I want to deep dive it. Um. Oh man, I'm just trying to think of something that would like is short. <laughs> oh like, yeah, like Google horror films under ninety minutes, right? Horror films under. Oh, it's already in my search history. <laughs> What is the one? What's Horror the... films under 90 minutes. Child's Play. Child's Play 2. Child's Play 3. Zombieland. Oh, have we done Child's Play? I think we've done one of them. I can't remember which oh, one. What? I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, we've done Sexist Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the Fog is uh, under 90 minutes. 
I haven't actually. I don't. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh really? John Carpenter. You know. Is it good? I haven't seen it for a very long time. Yeah, Definitely right. going to be something that we've got to watch at some point, though, right? Um, we haven't done Evil Dead. Have we done? Have we done? Uh, the the Conjuring one. We haven't yet. I'm I'm definitely keen to do. I want to do that then. You want to do the Conjuring? Yeah, yeah. I want to watch Conjuring. Fuck Cause yeah. Because I, I I remember I have seen it, but my god, I cannot remember. It's probably two, it's probably three hours long. <laughs> now, uh, oh here it is here. Conjuring. How many minutes? Is Ninety. It? Oh, <laughs> perfect. Oh no, minutes. that's a quiet place. Damn it. Nah, the Conjuring's easy to get through. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of. A lot of shit. So, okay, guys, the Look. next episode we're doing, and this is great because that, I've had Dion that, asking a few is times. Is that an A24 film? It's not. It's Blumhouse. Blumhouse, Blumhouse? that's right. I knew it was one of them. Like, yeah, those James, newer, James Those newer um, mm. kind of ones. Yeah, cool. Definitely. So, great. Conjuring. Dion's going to be happy. I love it. Um, but before we sign off, we just want to take a moment to thank our listeners for interacting with us in one way or another over the past, like, month because we had a bit of a week off. Um, you know who you are. I didn't write any names down because I've been busy. But you have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are available on all major podcasting services. So please make sure to like and sub- subscribe, leave a comment, share with all your friends, um, even a review, anything. Do what you do. Uh, you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram at Terrorvision Pod. It'll keep you up to date with upcoming episodes. And until then, may all your dreams be nightmares. <laughs>